Well, we're going to continue in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And I'm so grateful to be able to be back and a little bit refreshed this week. You may notice that we're using a compilation of different videos, and um, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had last week to just really have some time of rest and reflection. I give God praise for that time, and I, it was an opportunity to just be able to reflect on what this year has been, really a year, as we all know, full of challenges, full of some joys, and above all, thanking God for God's faithfulness. He's been faithful before, and he will be faithful yet again. That's something we can hold on to and trust in, no matter what our circumstances may be. Next week, we'll have the opportunity to take part in communion together. So we're all going to prepare at home with some bread and with the cup right at home. And traditionally here at Imago Church, we've used bread and grape juice, but for the purpose of distancing, you can use water or another kind of juice. That's going to be okay as well. And I'll be uh, leading that from here, um, and we'll be uh, celebrating uh, communion together as a church community, celebrating in the Lord's Supper together next week. And let's continue to pray as the Lord guides us in discernment on when would be an opportunity to be able to uh, really um, come together for an outside worship service. Um, as we all know, we're in the middle of a surge here in the state of California and uh, in Tulare County. So we're continuing with online worship and we're uh, asking everyone to continue to pray. Let's pray and bring all of our worries and all of our anxieties and all of our uncertainty to the Lord. And we're asking God to be the one to order our steps and to guide us as we discern. And we're really taking this on a month-to-month kind of basis, reassessing what the entire situation is for our state and for our county and for, our, uh, for, for this uh, Tulare, Visalia area as well. So let's continue to pray as the Lord leads us forward. But as I mentioned, I'm really grateful that next week we'll have the opportunity to celebrate communion and the Lord's Supper together as a church community. And next week we're also going to be finishing up our series on the book of Psalms with some final specials and some final psalm reflections from some familiar voices in our church community. So we'll be looking out for that next week together. Today we're actually going to have a standalone sermon on the book of 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 to 20. So right where you are, you can go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 to 20. And I'll be reading out loud and it'll be projected right on your screen as well, but you can follow along in your Bibles. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 20. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. 1 John 3, verses 16 to 20. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, 
How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but let us love with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth, how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we come to you honest and open this morning. We come just as we are. And we pray, Lord, that you would rid us of ourselves, of our egos, and fill us with more of you. As we prepare this morning to worship and adore your holy name, we acknowledge at this time your presence that is with us. Even while we're apart, you are with us. Lord, we believe that you are doing a work in the things that are seen as well as in the things that are unseen. You are at work even in unlikely areas. And God, this year, 2020, has been unlike any other year that many of us have ever experienced. You continue to be at work, even in quiet and unexpected ways. Today, Lord, we confess our full and utter dependence on you. Confiamos en ti, Dios Santo. We pray and we invoke our deepest petitions, our deepest requests before your beautiful feet. We bring them before your throne, O God. Our trust and our security, Lord, and our confidence, it all comes from your faithfulness. So I pray, Lord, that we would hold on to your faithfulness, even when it feels like so much may be out of our grasp or out of our control your faithfulness remains consistent. Be glorified through this time as we dive into your word. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? I definitely did not expect the year to go the way that it has gone so far. I, just like many of you, perhaps at home, I've had to cancel vacations. I've had to grieve with a sense of loss and confusion. I've been able to find joy in the little things while staying at home and not taking for granted and being grateful for God's daily graces. As we've talked about before at Imago, this is the reality we find ourselves in. And this too shall pass. And this, too, is even passing as we continue to move forward together, trusting God with faith and courage. This pandemic shall pass and is passing. If you're anything like me, you probably asked the question that we find very often in the Bible and in the Psalms in particular. The question, how long, O Lord, how long will this go on? That's the question on many of our hearts. And the answer that I've had to wrestle with and come to terms with, to the answer to the question, how long will this go on? 
The answer is, as long as it takes. The promise of God is not just a quick, simple, uh, the answer of God is not just a simple, quick fix. It's not a simple, quick fix to the challenges in our lives, but the promise of God is the promise of his presence and of his power. We're reminded of this in the book of Joshua in chapter 1, verse 5, where God is speaking to his servant, to Joshua, and he says the following. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. As I was with Moses, and you can insert your name, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. We have examples where in the scriptures, the response to this question, how long, O Lord, which has been a question that the people of God have asked throughout different circumstances, throughout different unprecedented times, throughout history, throughout the world, throughout the Bible. This question, how long, O Lord? And in some cases, we see that the response was, how long, O Lord? The response was 40 days, like it was for Noah and the flood in the book of Genesis. For others, to the, when they asked the question, how long, O Lord? The answer was 40 years like it was for the Israelites in the desert on their way to the Canaan, the promised land. We read about that in the book of Numbers. And then for others, when they asked the question, how long, O Lord, the response was 400 years, as it was with God's people, the Israelites under the yoke of slavery in Egypt. How long, O Lord, the response in God's timing, in God's presence, in God's faithfulness, the answer is as long as it takes. And that's just one part of the response to the question, of the response to the question we cry out sometimes, how long, O Lord, as long as it takes. Yet the other part to that answer from the faithfulness of God and from the grace of God, the other part to the answer to that question, how long, O Lord, is actually God saying here and now. I am with you here and now. My presence, my promises, and my power, that is enough to sustain you. That is enough to take you through any circumstances that you are in. I am with you as long as as it takes. The promise remains true. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As it was with Moses, so I will be with you, says the Lord. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. What we see throughout the scriptures and throughout history with the people of God is that eras come and go. Pandemics come and go. Unprecedented times came before. And eventually, unprecedented or unexpected times become normalized eventually. 
until they become unprecedented once again. So is life. The highs and the lows. It ebbs and it flows. I had a friend of mine remind me this week in a phone call of the following truth that I know to be true deep down in my heart, but for some reason I don't always function that way. And maybe you don't either. But my friend reminded me of this. He said, simply remember that acceptance, responsibility, and change are the most consistent parts of this life. Acceptance, responsibility, and change are the most consistent parts in this life. It's what we can expect of life. Acceptance, responsibility, and change. So what does it look like for you to see God at work, to see God's faithfulness through it all, even when it doesn't seem most evident right in front of us, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't sense it? How can we see God continuing at work through it all in the messiness? God has been faithful before and he will be faithful yet again. Each one of us that are gathered online today, wherever we are, each one of us is actually on a journey. And Jesus meets us where we're at and takes us where we need to be. This year of 2020 has really been a year unlike any other year that I've experienced. And I think the same is for many of us at home as well. Yet we continue to press on and to move forward. And how will we get through this unprecedented time? The answer to that, I can only think of the answer with two words that come to mind. Only God. Only God will take us through this unprecedented and unfamiliar and uncertain time. And he'll take us to the other side. To the side of victory, to the side of comfort, to the side of peace. But he won't just zap us there. He will take us through the desert as we get to the promise. He will take us through the waters as we get to the other side. Only God. The Apostle John, in the passage that we read today in, in 1 John chapter 3, he's fully aware that the path of discipleship, the path of following Jesus, is a journey from here to there. It's a journey from point A to point B. Jesus takes us on a, journey, on a journey from spiritual death to spiritual life, from death to life. But what John insists on in this passage is that if we are disciples, if we are God's gathered community, if we are the continued presence of Jesus on earth today, if we are a community that places our faith and functional trust in Jesus, if that's the case then the authentic love of God will grow deeper in us. And the authentic love of God will begin to show in our character, in our words, and in our actions. 
as followers of Jesus Christ. We are reflectors of his image. We're image bearers of Jesus in who we are and in what we do. We're image bearers of that authentic love. As it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, we see what authentic love. It says the following in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, this is love that Jesus laid his life down for us. Friends, brothers, sisters, you and I are the primary proof of God's love for this world. Authentic love expressed through the laying down of our lives. The laying down of our lives for others. This is the main activity. In fact, this is the marker. This is what highlights our new life in Christ. It's the true marker of how we get from here to there. How we get from point A to point B. How we cross over from spiritual death to spiritual life. And in turn, we invite others to make that same journey from death to life. We make that journey by surrendering, by laying down our lives just as Jesus laid down his life. So we gain our lives by laying them down. That's a little bit confusing. That sounds like paradoxical or something that doesn't make immediate sense. But that's exactly what Jesus comes to do to turn our worlds right side up. In order to live, we must lay down our lives. In order to be who we were created to be, we must surrender. In order to find out who we truly are, we must find our identity in Christ. Jesus calls us to be who we were created to be and who we were called to be. In verses 16 and 17 of 1 John chapter 3, we see that this authentic love, what it means to lay down our lives, this is not just a theory, but it's something real and actual and practical. Verses 16 to 17, we see the following. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? We see here in the scriptures that authentic love is meant to be expressed in concrete and real actions. Not just in thoughts, not just in words, not just in posts but in real, concrete actions. Authentic love is meant to be real and physical and actual, not just theoretical or something that sounds nice, but laying down our lives through laying down of our time for the sake of someone else, laying down of our energy, giving of our time, our energy, our talents, our treasures, our tithes, our offerings. That's all meant to be a way to live out love by laying down our lives for the sake of others. We're meant to give away uh, the best of who we are for the sake of others. 
give away our best thoughts, our best selves for God and others. The example of Jesus laying down his life for us is really what we fix our eyes on. He is our model for living and he is our model for ministry. Jesus has kept his promises. He laid down his life for us and he showed us how to live. And by this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And yet in our culture, sometimes when we're asked for a small thing, we can turn a small thing into a big thing, and then we can turn a big thing into a small thing. That's how we reverse the order of God's calling and God's priorities and God's values at times. We make small things into big things and big things into small things. What do I mean by that when we make uh, small things into big things? Waiting in line, right? It used to be that you can really start up a conversation with someone in front of a line, but now pretty much everyone's just hunched over and looking at a screen, right? And then people start complaining and getting frustrated if we need to wait more than five minutes to do anything, generally speaking. That's making a big deal out of a small, small thing. Internet goes down. You know, we had a, a, the, the power shut off last week while we were having a, a little vacation in the middle of the night. And, you know, it was only three to five minutes into it. I was already kind of panicking, wanting to call who I needed to call, calling Edison or whoever it may be. But then 10, 15 minutes later, it just came back on. So I kind of made a big deal out of a small thing there. You know, back in the day, it seems like forever ago, but when airlines used to be a thing, right, just uh, going through the whole process and over-complaining, sometimes we can make a big deal out of a small thing that's so simple. Or even a very live issue that we're all experiencing right now, right? Just safety protocols in the midst of a pandemic, washing our hands, wearing a face covering in public spaces, and social distancing. Those are all pretty small things that we can all do that will make a big difference. And you know what? Those are all examples of laying down our lives for the sake of others. Laying down our lives for the sake of others, that's the big thing. That's the real thing that Jesus calls us to. But sometimes we can try to turn that big thing into a small thing. So right now, obviously, there are a lot of big debates around the country and in our county and state and whatnot. My encouragement to all of us is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep Jesus' call and command to lay down our lives for the sake of others. Let that be the guiding principle, the guiding compass as we discern and engage and make different decisions. With all the big debates and topics of our day, what would it look like to simply pause and pray and ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? One. Or to also ask, how am I called to be like Jesus in this situation? We can also ask, what does it look like for me to lay down my life for the sake of others?
That's the Jesus way. Laying down my life for the sake of others. That's his invitation. That's his call. And that's the application that we can apply to any situation that we're in, big or small. There's Jesus' way, but there's also another way we see in the scriptures. There's the instinctual way, or the human way, or what I like to call the Adam and Eve way that we see in the book of Genesis. The Adam and Eve way in Genesis chapter 3 is the way that says, I'm going to do what I want when I want. The Bible gives us the example of Adam and Eve to actually show us how not to live. To actually show us that this is our natural human instinct for self-preservation. This is our natural human instinct living just for me and mine and thinking that I'm going to do what I want when I want and that's not hurting anyone. That's the mindset that can happen there. Well, Whether me choosing to do what I want, when I want, whether or not that's hurting anyone, that's debatable. But I'll tell you something, that posture and that way of thinking and living, that's certainly not helping anyone. As a Jesus community, as God's community, we are choosing together the way of Jesus. Because the way... Of Jesus. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is the authority over our lives. He is our God, and He is the model for how we must live, for the decisions we are to make. And we repeat here the words of the Apostle John telling us what authentic love looks like, which is the way of Jesus. He says in chapter 3, verse 16, once again, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So don't argue with me, argue with the scriptures there. The way of Jesus is the way of laying down our lives for others. And in this life, there are going to be several paths that we can take. One path is what we're identifying as the Adam and Eve path, the Genesis 3 path, the fall, the path that leads to the fall. The Adam and Eve path is what I call the ism path, the ISM path, the I-self-me path. And that's the path that leads to the fall, and the fall leads to death. In the I self me path, in the I in the Adam and Eve path, it, what my the thinking is just simply, don't give it away, don't lay down your life, hoard your time, hoard your possessions, hoard your money. I'm going to do what I want when I want, and that is the way to death. That's the way to the fall, and yet the way of Jesus is another way. The way of authentic love. The way of the promise keeper. The way of the one who calls us to lay down our lives. To live sacrificial lives. And our love becomes evidence to a love-starved world. And right now, I would say, 
my perspective of it, is that the world is pretty love-starved right now. The country is pretty love-starved right now. Our area, all of that. And to lay down our lives, to love authentically, that's not just some nice additional church activity. But laying down our lives for the sake of others, that is central to our identity and purpose as followers of Jesus Christ. Those are the markers of how we are identified. Jesus was identified by the wounds in his hands. We are also to be identified by laying down of our lives for others. We belong to Jesus Christ, not to ourselves. During this time, and especially last week as I had some time to reflect and rest a little bit, I've had the opportunity to ask the Lord, what is your will? Will you show me who you are? Would you show me who you would have me be? Show me how to live. Show me how to lead. What is your will, O God? What would you have me to do? Maybe you've asked yourself the same question during this time. You and I and us as the people of God, we have a primary purpose to be aligned with the will of God. The Apostle John in this passage actually makes clear what that is. John responds directly to that question. If you've ever asked that question, Lord, what is your will? What would you have me do? Who would you have me be? In chapter 3, verse 23, he makes it clear. He says this, and this is his commandment. This is God's commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he, just as God has commanded us. In 2020, may we, as the Imago Church community, as followers of Jesus, may we be known as a people who believe in the name of his Son, of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And may we love one another, just as God has commanded us. Love one another in actions, in deeds, in words. So what does this mean? How can we be those who joyfully lay down our lives? Those who joyfully do the hard and the uncomfortable things. And we do those things not because we're just so charitable, but because we are following a Lord who laid down His life for the sake of others. We follow and we're united by a Lord who came, died, and rose again. In 2020, I want to encourage us all, and this is something that I've come to realize over the past couple of weeks, that 2020 is not a so-called dead year. 2020 is not an off year, but in fact, 2020, this year, counts. This year really counts. And how we live into this year, individually and as a community, how we live this year is definitely going to shape who we are next year, and the year after that, and the years to come. This year this unprecedented year 
we can continue to be who we are called to be. We can continue to grow spiritually. We can continue to lean in. You can lean into your relationship with God. You can lean in to your relationship with this church community. Check in. Let us know how you're doing. We've missed you. I've missed you. Would love to connect and talk and pray. So would some of our leaders. So would our prayer team. So would our staff. Would love to hear how you're doing. Miss and pray for all of you very regularly. Connect. Find ways to connect with community Sunday morning before service. Be proactive in that. Right now, passivity is not going to help, but taking proactive steps to continue to stay connected to God and to each other. As a community, we can continue to grow in that love for one another, continue to grow spiritually as well. During 2020, even while distance, we can continue to treat Sunday mornings like Sunday morning. We can treat Sunday morning like the Sabbath, right? That's the fourth commandment. Observe the Sabbath. Observe and honor the Lord's day. During this time of quarantine and isolation and social distance, Sunday is not simply meant to be taken off. Don't, don't take the easy route. Don't take the Adam and Eve route. Take the Jesus route. Don't take on the attitude or the thought or the process that says, I'm taking Sundays off and I'm sleeping in until we're back in the building. Friends, brothers, sisters, what's becoming more and more clear, and as we've said before, the reality here and now is that the church has left the building. But the church, you and I, the people of God, the body of Christ, we continue to gather even while apart. The church continues to build up, to send out, and to multiply. We can lean into that ourselves. We can be proactive in that, and we can lead our families in that. And we can also invite others into community with God. I've loved the online community and those that have connected to Imago through this online platform. We're so grateful for you. You are a part of this church family and we're excited to continue to grow in life together. We can invite others into a relationship with Jesus even in this time while we're apart. That's a part of laying down our lives being there for one another, staying connected to God, staying connected to each other, all of that really matters. One of my favorite writers of the 20th century, William James, he put it very well. He said, act as if what you do matters. It does. Friends, brothers, sisters, the truth is that who you and I choose to be and how we choose to live in 2020, we are called to act as if all of that matters. Because it does. Parents, elderly, children, 
youth, students, young adults, everyone in between, Imago Church community, may we act as if how we live matters because it does. It really does. The invitation that we give to the world is the invitation that God has given to us. It's the invitation to go on a journey from death to life. And we give evidence of crossing over from spiritual death to spiritual life by how we sacrificially lay down our lives just as Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. And yes, even in this unique and challenging circumstance that we all find ourselves in this year of 2020, Yes, it's true. There are many views. There are many opinions. There are many perspectives. But there is still one call. There is still one command. And that call and command is that all of us, as followers of Jesus, we are called to live into this. As it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, And this is His command. This is the will and the call of God to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another, one another as He has commanded us to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another, just as He has commanded us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, even in 2020. He is the one who laid down His life so that we may live. He is our God, he is our King. He is the one who we follow. And may we declare together as a church community that He is the one we follow. Nothing else or no one else will do. Only Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, the journey that you invite us into is a journey from death to life. You stand, Lord, before us and you say, here I am, I love you, journey with me. And Lord God, I just pray that this year you would grow us in trust. Help us to take that next step with you, now already in the middle of 2020. Grow us, Lord, and use this year to draw us closer to you. Grow us in trust, grow us in faith, grow us in surrender, grow us in humility. Holy Spirit, you are the great counselor. You are the one who is able to make us new, to make us new people and new creations, the ones who can teach us, the, the one who can teach us the way of Jesus. You are doing a work in and through us, and we thank you, God, for your presence, for your power, and for your faithfulness. Would you, O oh Lord, continue to fill our hearts with more of you. Continue to make us Jesus' people, laying down our lives for the sake 
of others. We live for you and for you alone. It's in your name we pray. Amen.